Hello, this is Brian Foster coming to you on June 13th, 2021, and we are going to talk more, another chapter in the book, Evolution in Two Worlds. And this chapter is chapter 18, Sex and the Spiritual Body. So it's going to talk about male and female and how the spirit world divided into two separate groups for for what the purpose is is going to be explored in the evolution to worlds so join me and before i forget please if you uh would like subscribe hit the bell and tell others and about spiritism and share this video or other of my videos i have lots of videos on my um, YouTube channel all about spiritism. Now let's get into Evolution in Two Worlds, Chapter 18. Hermaphroditism and unisexuality and examining the complexity of the sexual instinct and the multiform lines of life, one must remember that for millennia after millennia, the intelligent principle remained in the hermaphrodism of the plants, as is the case of the phanograms, whose flowers display the male and female elements in their stamens and sigmas, respect respectively. So, as usual, this gets pretty involved. This is this book, you, you know, is getting down to the nitty gritty of. Uh, of spiritism and how actually the spirit world affected the physical world and why we are created the way we are in order to better communicate and be a better vehicle our physical vehicle for souls spirits or immature spirits to learn what we must learn right why are we here why are we all on the earth we are here on the earth to transform our character take out the bad emotions the bad urges the primitive urges revenge hate selfishness pride everything we all still have part of especially me and replace them with love benevolence fraternity charity and honesty so let me carry on with the book in the cellular and vascular cryptodramatic plants the intelligent principle experimented with sexual reproduction for a long time in the formation of gametes that closely approximate those of the animals and whose fertilization occurs by means analysis to those we can observe in the animals. So again, this is they're using, so like Darwin called it evolution. So when you look at when he says, yes, they experimented with sexual reproduction for a long time in the formation of gametes. So you can call this one is you can look at it from, from let's say someone like Darwin's and it goes, yeah, after a while it kind of evolved into this. And it may have been some of that, but it's really what they're saying is there's there's bands of groups of spirits whose job is to take a certain species and evolve those species along certain pre-planned targets. And what we think is just the randomness of evolution, right, because of many, many different factors, a lot of that, if not the vast majority, are deliberate decisions in order to move one species forward and maybe other species they just cut off completely because nope, this is not gonna work. So think of this as we're talking about uh, this chapter. After many metamorphoses, which cannot be covered in a brief study such as this one, the spiritual element continued monogenotic reproduction amongst the vast provinces of the protozoa metazoa using the vision and gemination among the former corresponding to division or strobilation in the latter. It took a long time for the sexual instinct to evolve in various types of lower animals, alternating its phases of hermaphroditism with those of unisexuality in order to perfect its characteristic as it moved towards the vertebrates. Next section is potential hermaphroditism. Gradually, new factors of differentiation appeared, although essential differences were retained. For example, even now we can identify potential hermaphrodite in the adult male toad, despite its male characteristic. In its testicular area contains an elementary ovary known as the bitter's organ. According to proven experimentation, if we remove the testicles, the atrophy ovary starts to function under the pituitary gland's actions and becomes an adult ovary. An opposite occurrence can be observed in five to 10% of adult hens. That is, in those physically in, in those psychically disposed, if we remove the left fully developed ovary, the right rudimentary ovary, until then inhibited by the estrogen of the left ovary, 
transubstantiates into a testicle that grows and becomes functional in its medullary part. The comb grows, the former hen typically crows like a rooster and adopts its male sexual behavior. We report these facts to demonstrate that among all the vertebrates, and most particularly in the human being, here the highly complex psychical experiences in the realms of reincarnation, only the morphological characteristics of the genital implements are subject to the principle of genetics. Because it is not only the configuration of the sexual glands that display, displays bipotentiality up to a certain points. Rather, the entire organic cosmos is susceptible of reacting to the hormones of the same sex or the opposite sex, depending on the psychical dispositions of the individual. So that was a lot. Now he's talking about the hormones. Let's go before we discuss this, let's talk about the action of the hormones. This is the next section. Having attained unequivocal progress regarding its stimuli, the spiritual body from the psychosomatic primal form in the higher animals up to the human being displays a wider array of hormones according to the position of the mind that it serves. So he's saying a lot of that depends on, on reacting to the hormones, but then the, the, the amount of hormones and the secretion of the hormones depends upon the spirit inhabiting the body. So a lot of this can be um, can be dependent on the personality and character and spiritual level and maybe past lives and who knows exactly what, I'm not quite sure yet, of the person inhabiting that physical body. And they also say it's, you know, it's acceptable of reacting to the hormones of the same sex or the opposite sex. So this, this bisexuality, it could be, you know, it's, it, it's, they got the potential for everything in the human body, is exactly what he's saying. The potential to being attracted to almost anything is there, but then when that spirit comes, that spirit comes in, it's part of the gestation of that little human soul, that what their, what their tendencies are become strengthened by their paraspirit and their, their spirit controlling the paraspirit, controlling the physical body. This, I'll carry on. The sexual glands that the spiritual body then mobilizes are more complex. They carry out their own activity using the hormones they secrete. Now, this is in the spiritual body. Now, he's talking about hormones they secrete. Now, you can, you can look at this, the spiritual body, as we have a paraspiritual body. and the, But they really don't bleed when your spiritual body um, is, is cut. So, this is, um, let's see what he says. So it must be it must be eliciting some sort of electromagnetic impulses, but he's using this as an easier way to understand it, as I believe. These phenomena are masculine hormones contain the cyclopentanol, or hydrophenethylene nucleus. I don't know what that is. Akin to this uh, group of steroids, as the framework for their chemical composition, the estrogenic hormones originated in the ovary sustain the secondary female characteristics and the and Androgenic hormones secreted by the testicles sustain the male characteristics of the same order. Now, I don't know if that was the type because he's really talking about the physical body. Both types produce stimulating and inhibiting actions. However, since they necessarily obey the impulses and orders of the mind through the spiritual body, they stimulate the development or manner in which the species behaves. But they do not cause it. So I think we're, we're getting back to the hormones. This is really when he said secretion of the blood is in the physical blood, but they obey the impulses and orders of the mind through the spiritual body, but they do not cause of what you really like or not like or your reactions. Your spiritual body is the cause and your organs and your, and your, your paraspirit controlling the physical body then affects the amount of hormones, what hormones, the amount of hormones, etc. That's, that's flowing through your blood. Consequently, none of them possess a monopolizing activity within the organic world, displaying, despite displaying this or that influence more broadly than the others. Furthermore, based on the same principle that oversees their formation, through which they obey the incessant vibration of the mental field, hormones are not stored up. They are quickly transformed or are excreted. So, they're not like you have a 
a well spring of hormones ready. They either are they either are created and you use them, or they just go through your blood and they're out. By understanding the resources reproduction as gears and mechanism, and the evol in the evolving spirit utilizes to mold physical forms. Although humans are unable to prove its innermost qualities in an absolute matter. It is easy to see that the sexual glands and our hormone, hormones exhibit relatively specific effects. Obviously, the ovaries and female hormones are responsible for the female sexual characteristics. Even so, some of them may be developed in the male. The same applies to the corresponding testicles and hormones. We've seen that, so science says. I'll carry on. This is clearly just demonstrable in experiments involving castration, grafts, and hormone injections because despite the specific sexual activity of the testicles and ovaries being presented as an inarguable fact, the gonads reflecting the states of the mind, the direct hair of innumerable lifetimes, eventually produce a certain amount of heterosexual hormones. Likewise, although the sex hormones act with intense specific activity under certain circumstances, they perform this or that activity in organs of the opposite sex. So. Let me carry this next sentence. These are the heterosexual or bisexual effects of the glands or hormones. So your, your predisposition in past lives utilizes your physical body and creates and creates the hormones. Now your physical body also has this little engine, right, that's going to create certain things. But your parispirit, your spirit is going to direct the amount and probably time and the ratio of these hormones in your body. So a lot of, you know, this goes on to the, to the point of everyone is different and everyone is needs to be loved, right? Because as I always say in the, in the spirits book, they ask, they ask, okay, does a spirit come back as male or female all the time? And they say, no, it, it doesn't. They can come back as either one. They can come back as a male or a female. And then they said, okay, say, is, is marriage only between a male and a female? And they said, no, a marriage is between two spirits. So this is 1850. So imagine what those comments meant in the 1850s like that. That's why the Catholic Church, you know, burnt the spirits book. They're not, not going to listen to that. So this shows you that people come with their tendencies already created, right? Because remember, when you're about 15 to 20, your previous personality, and that's also when you start, you know, really become a teenager, right? And the hormones start acting, um, starts coming through. And that's when you start really, probably, you know, you've, you've grown a little bit in this pre-adolescent, but then you really start taking over as your character is really affecting your the perispirit, which is affecting the physical body. And that's why they've also said that, you know, I, I believe that's why some people like the same sex because, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, this one person was this poor woman and she was, she was just, you know, she was lived a nice life and then she, her father committed suicide and she had to go work in this bar and these men in the bar just treated her horribly. It was just, Horrible what they did, inexcusable. And then, but what the spirit said, said this is this this poor woman, this poor uh, young young lady. In her previous life, she had been one of those type of guys in the bar that cruelly used and um, abused women. And now, she's on the other side of it. And so you never know. And then, and so now that guy now has to go through the life of a woman. And there's also points where men will use and abuse women, right? And then they will have to be a woman. And then there's the, the opposite is women who have murdered their husbands or used and abused men and just treated them like dirt. Well, they have to come back as a man. So they understand the opposite sex. And a lot of those people say, well, you know, I still like what I like. I still want to be. And then, you know, then some people don't even want to be what they were assigned to and they want to change it. So this is all, a lot of this is affected by our previous lives.
Okay, the next section is Origin of the Sexual Instinct. All our references to such pieces of the biological endeavor in the kingdom of nature are simply meant to show that, beyond its somatic resources, the soul maintains its intrins intrinsic sexual in individuality defined in femininity or masculinity according to the markedly passive or clearly active characteristics proper to it. Hence, the real seat of sex is not found in the physical vehicle, but in the complex structure of the spirit entity. Thus, the sexual instinct, translating love throughout time, comes from the still unfathomable death of life, when in the fashion of the nuclei and electrons in the testura of atoms, or the suns and the worlds and the ma macrocosmic system of outer space, Groupings of celestial minds may magnetically joined one another for the multiminary endeavor of evolutions. Creatures have, have used a sexual instinct to journey from pathway to pathway in the realms of multifarious experimentation, acquiring the qualities they need. With the sexual instinct, they take on the physical form and analysis condi conditions, heeding the regenerative decrees of the laws of cause and effect are fulfilling a special directives for specific type of endeavor, endeavors. Therefore, it, in its impulses and manifestations, sex is mental and it transcends all imposition of the body in which it is expressed. Although we realize that most incarnate in consciousness are still securely adjusted to the body-mind synergy as it progress towards greater complexity of knowledge and emotion. Now, in another book it was told, one of the spirits uh, talking to the Reverend G. Bowen said that that the, the spirit realm under the leadership of, of Jesus, who is our leader, could have made us all unisexual. But what they wanted to do is they wanted people to come into earth and they wanted to divide it in male and female. And then they wanted you to, and they, as this book says, the active and passive personality. So the male has its own version of active and passive on range of emotions and actions. And the female has their own version of being active or passive over the range of emotions. And therefore, what they, and therefore when a, a male lives with a female or cohabits, whatever, they begin to understand each other and they learn how each other works. So, so to understand the, the four, you know, different aspects of how, of, um, of kind of active and passive in different situations. Now, what's interesting then is this is a, a case. This is, shows you how the spirit world works. It's a case of heuristics. You have a problem. You want people to learn. You break down the problem in smaller and smaller blocks, and you solve them easier. And that's what they did with us breaking people into two sexes on Earth. Is they tried to to make it so it's easier for people to learn the different aspects. And of course, as people rise in the spirit's hierarchy, the whole the whole idea of becoming male or female, active and passive, it all melds into one perfect spirit. People like Jesus have have the um, characteristics of the male and female within them, fully developed, so they understand all the different aspects of emotion and feeling and thinking and all that. And of course, you know, with all sorts of other things too. But that's why as higher and higher it goes. And that's also why when you're in heaven, the actual act is not important. It's really, it's more of, as they're saying here, it's, it's a mental attitude. Okay. Uh, next section is the evolution of love. It is important to realize that as we move forward from near total animality to integration with humanity, love takes on a more elevated dimension both for those who vertically ascend in virtue and those who horizontally expand in intelligence. In the former, virtue, whose sentiments are uplifted toward the higher realms, love is illuminated and purified, although it is still the central sexual instinct in its noblest aspects, joining forces with which it is attuned on its radiant ascent towards God. In the latter, intelligence, whose emotions are complicated, love is more subtle. The sexual instinct is transubstantiated in a constant excessive demand for what is pleasing to the self. 
In accordance with psychoanalysts, which see sexual activity as an incessant search for pleasure, we will agree that some people in a sublimation seek out the pleasures of the creation, identifying with the divine origin of the universe. Whereas others focus on the pursuit of the unbridled and self-centered pleasure of self-worship. The former, seeking out the pleasures of the creation, learn from God how to love. The latter, those who just want self-pleasure, the latter aspire to be loved at any price. The natural energy of sex, inherent to life itself, generates magnetic charges in all beings due to its creative function. These charges are characterized by defined potentials of attraction in the psychical system of each person and, as they accumulate, they invite invade all the sensitive fields of the soul, obliterating its other mechanisms of action. It is like a power plant in need of proper control. Of course, this is what people say, oh, when you're in love, you just like everything is goes. And this is what he's saying, These, they're, they're just like, it's a power plant in need of proper control. Just, once it, it turns on, it, it can be hard to withstand. That's why people lose their minds over love. It's something that is part of of you know our growing from a primitive spirit to, to a more mature spirit for us to know how to control this body and control and control these desires then it comes from the spirit that we have desire to pleasure ourselves or to be loved at any price or to uh search who knows what but th those are all characteristics we we need to learn to to manage at the level of the brutes, or those similar to them, the discharge of sexual energy occurs indiscriminately through contacts that are almost always unruly and unfortunate, and which results in exhaustion and suffering as learning experiences. Yeah, I mean, just indiscriminate sex is 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 going to have kind of a neutral to let's say it doesn't have a beneficial uh, aspect to it. Next section is polygamy and monogamy. Uh, Sorry about that. Next, the sexual instinct misled into polygamy sets itself on a long course of re-education that it cannot escape due to the mathematics of the destiny that we ourselves create. And in the spirits book, they ask, um, what, what would happen if, if we went back to polygamy and they just said that civilization uh, would not grow? And that's because uh, polygamy is not what the spirit world has in mind. They, they have in mind couples, whatever, whatever uh, they, they are. Uh, two spirits need to learn and support each other. However, the more the soul takes moral responsibility for its life, the more it learns the imperatives of self-discipline in order to use the gift of love intrinsic to it to establish new endeavors that will finally enable it to access the higher spheres. In this, in this phase of evolution, the sexual instinct cannot experience complete happiness except in contact with another being that displays full affinity because, from the emotional control point of view, the liberation of its own energy asks for compensation by a similar energy on the scale of magnetic vibrations. So, when we fall in love with someone, it's not just two. It's not just physical love, right? There's also the spiritual, magnetic attraction, and this 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 level of harmony. Now, a lot of times, as they say, in a lot of spirits say, you know, people confuse the first blush of of uh, excitement, right, of this great desire, and then of course that always disappears at some point. Whereas true love in friendship stays and grows. Uh, carry on. At this point, monogamy is a natural state of the human being, since in monogamy, the human being, along with the chosen soul of his or her aspirations, accomplishes the ideal union of reason and sentiment, the perfect partnership of active and passive resources in the combining of the binary forces capable of creating not only physical forms for the incarnation of other souls on earth, but also the great endeavors of the heart and mind 
engendering the expansion of beauty, love, wisdom, and spiritual glory that continuously pour from the divine creation. So these two, these two spirits together help each other become more spiritually mature. Now, and then some people say, well, you know, when am I going to find my soulmate? And this is, this is kind of a description of what a soulmate should be, right? The perfect partnership of active and passive resources in the combined of the binary forces, capable of creating not only physical forms, right, but also the endeavors of heart and mind, right? Engendering the expansion of beauty, love, and wisdom, and spiritual glory. That is the ideal of this of the soulmate, right? Now, I will say I have read in spiritual literature that soulmates may have been together for uh, life after life, but one one of the couple, let me give you an instance, there were uh, a, a man and a woman, and this man really didn't uh, enlarge and expand upon his, his spiritual maturity because he, he depended on his partner, his wife, to, you know, fulfill that for him. And so his wife said, look, and they, they both died and, and, and went to heaven. And his wife said, look, in this next life, I think we need to live apart. Because I have things to work on, but you really have things to work on. He goes, no, I, you know, I don't want that. No, no, we think it's better. So you brought in some, you know, more spiritual guides and they, they tossed it all out. And um, so, so, you know, he would be, he would live a life without her in order for him to grow a part of him that he, he felt he didn't need because he had this compliment. So these things will happen. So I just want to make sure everybody know that sometimes you are on earth to grow certain parts of you. And you may be denied your perfect soulmate. You might find other mates that aren't as perfect. Right? You may not be happy. Uh, these things happen. But just to let people know, this isn't always um, going to happen for you because you, you're you're meant to work on something something that it was easily fulfilled by that other person. So take that as an opportunity. You'll you'll get back right. You you're immortal. You'll get back to that person uh, in heaven. Uh, so take your time to do as best you can. I know it's not easy. It's easy for me to say. Uh, it's not easy to live through. Okay, next section is spiritual nourishment. Consequently, there is an infinite variety of marriages on the terrestrial plane and on the spirit plane. Marriages in which the subtle elements of communion prevail over the morphological lines of the physical body because these elements in substantial surges of energy adapts to the psychical system rather than to the machinery of the flesh. So let me say first marriages on the spirit plane. So in case I don't want people to misconstrue this. There's no formal ceremony. People, people will live together. They'll stay together. They'll help each other. And, now, and it could be. And then some people like there's I know there's a group of women like I think there's like six or eight I forgot that rise together spiritually and have always decided to stay in a group and help each other rise and you know maybe they're they kind of consider themselves a marriage of like beings right because there's no reproduction among spirits and then also even two soulmates it may go for a millennia two three four millennia but then somehow they find other you know. Uh, paths that they want to take and they, they may go apart after all this is you know you're immortal but these things will last a long time or not so just want to make sure you understand that there's no such thing as a as a marriage certificate if you're together as you want to be together you're always nice to each other you're always understanding if you're in heaven you're a nice calm wonderful person you're not going to hurt the other person however uh, carry on until the spirit can purify its own feelings beyond the sensual yoke to which it habitually succumbs through self-centered narcissism using other people to satisfy the hedonistic desire of psychically hypertrophifying themselves in self-pleasure which i mean hey i was a young guy that this that's me right i just, just thought of that pleasure 
That's, oh, that's what I want. They were thought beyond that. Many instructive repertory reincarnations are debited to it in the Book of Life because it cannot exclusively consider its own pleasure to the harm of others. Consequently, every time it does harm somewhere else, someone else, it assumes another debt that has to be paid off at a certain time. And this is what I was talking to that some people will just take their pleasure, treat that other that other person that like dirt. Well, you know, look, you can always you can split up, you can get divorced, you can do all these things, but try to be as honorable as possible, right? No one's saying, Spiritism does not say, in fact, they even said this in the Spirit's book, they asked, uh, does the marriage have to be for life? And the answer from the Spirit's was, the laws of, against divorce, that's your own human laws. That's nothing to do with divine law. But just mainly try to treat others honorably. I'll carry on. This happens because the sexual instinct is not only the agent of reproduction among higher beings, but above all else it is the restorative agent of the spiritual energies which incarnate and discarnate individuals mutually nourish themselves in the exchange of psychical magnetic waves necessary for their progress. And again, this is, you know, and this is a lot has to do with the law of affinity. Because when you when you pass away, you go to where there's others like you. And there's been a lot of couples met in the spirit world and said, no, we want to be reincarnated together. And they'll usually try and make this happen unless they say, well, it might be better to do this first, right? They'll always will work with you. And because you are automatically put in this place where you've kind of got similar interests, you know, the niceness quality, spiritual maturity, you're with others on the same level. And, and that's why even whole families tend to reincarnate together, is they'll, they'll go life after life, mother and father have the kids, they'll, they'll marry someone else, have their kids. This will happen many, many lives. Now, the interesting thing is sometimes you'll see this black sheep in the family where, you know, they have this family, let's say, with four kids, and three of the kids are just like their parents, great. And then this other kid, you know, just is the rebel, doesn't listen. And usually what happens then is families may be asked, say, would you volunteer to take a more primitive spirit to help that spirit mature faster, or at least mature to become, you know, less, you know, to get rid of some of their primitive emotions, replace them with more advanced civilized emotions and, and instincts. And they will volunteer. And so therefore you'll have this black sheep of the family come in, uh, you know, this person that kind of is different and they will not be, they won't fit in. Some, But some, sometimes they'll be successful and they'll fit in just great. And it will be, it will be very successful endeavor. Other times it didn't work. It's not the fault of the parents. They volunteered, they tried their best. Okay, so I'll carry on. This happens because essential, the sexual instinct is not only the agent of reproduction among higher beings, but above all else is the restorative agent of the spiritual energies with which incarnate and discarnate individuals mutually nourish themselves in exchange of psychical magnetic waves necessary for their progress. Sanctified spirits in whose super-evolved nature the sexual instinct has become divinized are, relative unif are relatively unified to glorified spirits in whom they find the representations of God that they are seeking. Receiving from such spirits the sublimated magnetic charges they release during spiritual ecstasy. On the other hand, primitive souls normally waste the sexual instinct energies on excesses that impose harsh lessons on them. Between the sanctified spirits and the primitive souls, there are millions of conscious beings journeying from primitive animality to ennobled humanity. And so this is where when they're talking about the ones that are sanctified spirits and they receive the kind of the magnetic charges they release during spiritual ecstasy, they, they feel that same ecstasy where they are loving God or they, and it's happened to me a couple of times, not many, uh, where they just really, they feel that, that wonderfulness of, of love and just that complete wave of emotion. And you feel like your whole body's on fire and, the last thing you think about then is that is 
is the pleasurable of you know, of the more physical uh, range. You think of you really, you know, there's so much fuller of an experience, and um, some of the I'm sure some spirits have this quite often, who love and they feel that love, and they feel that connection with the spirit world. Um, it's um, indescribable, or at least I can't describe it very well. It feels like your your whole your whole body is electrified and just full of love, the the divine love, the pure love. I carry on. Um, on many occasions, they indulge. They're talking about the primitive animality. And then were the experiences, depriving their counterpart of his or her psychical nourishment and breaking the sexual communion that fed their joy. And if these sexual energies are not sufficiently controlled by the victim's moral qualities, long cycles of desperation or delinquency often follow. And the next section is infirmities of the sexual instinct. Due to the lack of solid inner assistance so that they can be channeled toward the good, the instinct's magnetic charges accumulated in and overflowing from the individual obliterate the still vacillating faculties of discernment. And like a starving person indifferent to common sense, the individual whose sexual equilibrium has been harmed tends to yield to rebelliousness and insanity in spirit, spiritual syndromes of jealousy or spite. In light of the sexual torments to which such individual is subjective, he or she will incur afflictive karmic debts that will flog his or her soul in the spirit world and hinder his or her progress in time. This is again why we're here. We need to learn to control our impulses. And carry on. This is the origin of the psychoneurosis, nervous breakdowns arriving from traumas in the synergies of the spiritual body, nervous phobias, conversion disorders, anxiety disorder, deviation of the libido, obsessive neurosis, psychosis, and various mental fixations that, in today's science, give rise to the questions and concept of deep psychology in the realm of psychoanalysts, which identifies the sickness or deviations of the sexual instinct without offering proper medication for them, because only the higher knowledge contained in the soul itself can erect barriers against the conflict, tracing new pathways for the creating energy of sex when it is dangerously imbalanced. So what he's just saying that, you know, when people have these neurosis and all these type of things, psychoanalysts, they use this, it, now it's, it's sad, it's given more drugs, right? And all it does is dull you, is it dulls you so you really can't analyze them. And so he's really saying, is only in the higher knowledge contained in the soul itself can erect barriers against the conflict, meaning that you have to solve these problems by delving into uh, analyzing your own impulses. Now, you can have that help with a psychoanalyst. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that you really need, you can't say that I'm going to have psychoanalysts and they're going to solve all my problems. No, they're just a catalyst meaning that you have to help solve your own problems. You have to do most of the work. You can have someone coaching you, but you're still the athlete that's running this obstacle course. And you have to, that's why you, you need to meditate and pray and try to become more spiritually active because that gives you something different to aspire to. It, it takes away, it takes away this, this constant materialistic urge where, you know, if you have a, one urge for uh, on your desires and then you replace it just by okay well now i want a new car or, or you know, new shoes you're just doing one primitive urge for another where if you really look at service and how to how to take away your pride and your vanity and your selfishness and you start thinking of humanity and love this and then what will happen is when you try this your guardian spirit and the, your guardian spirit will list other spirits and they will start helping you find signposts and paths to really help yourself. Because once you, once you try to get on the right road, you will, you, you, you cannot understand the amount of, 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 of help you will get from the spirit world. You may not notice it, right? You, it, it, it took me, so long to understand the sign and signals 
of when I was given a path to open versus I tried to do something like that never worked. And then, you know, in hindsight, I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. Of course, now I know because it was like continually being stopped. The door kept closing. The door keeps closing. Sometimes you got to go through the other path. And that's, a, and that's you know, it's, it's the synchronicities that Jung, Carl Jung, talked about. And that, that's really the spirit world trying to help you do the right thing. If you are uh, in, in truth trying to do the right thing. Now, you certainly have lots of spirits helping you do the wrong thing. That's why you have to filter everything through your conscience. If anything that you have this urge to do hurts anybody or makes you feel anxious or restless or just at all stressed, you know that's the wrong thing to do. Do the right thing, even though you may not make as much money or all that, right? Try to do the right thing. Okay, uh, carry on. Thus, through such ruptures of the psychosomatic systems, harmonized in exchanges of kindred magnetic charges in the realm of physical or exclusively psychical sexuality, oh, I'm having trouble talking today, many sufferings are acquired by all of us over the centuries. For if we use the sexual instinct to, for, for forge, to forge troubles and problems for others, it is only just and right that we solve them at the opportune time within the walls of the home by receiving as children and partners in destiny all those who are creditors of our love and selflessness, often enduring unspeakable suffering to ensure their recovery. And this is something I can't tell how many emails and comments I have where, you know, I have the worst parents, right? Or, you know, this one kid. And that's because... Anytime you have conflict, the spirit world, and this is, remember what Jesus said, forgive seven times 70. When you have conflict with people and you don't resolve it with them, guess what happens? The spirit world will resolve them for you. When I was a kid, me and my sister, we'd fight. My wife, well, my wife, my mother would take my sister and I and put us in the bathroom and goes, don't come out till you're, you know, you stop arguing. I'm like, oh. Now, okay, we're ready. All right, that would last maybe a day, but you know, it's like, no, you're not going to be allowed to do that. Spirit world's doing the same. If you were a spurned lover and then you killed the, you know, the person's spouse, husband or wife, and then they, then the husband and wife both hate you in the spirit world when they passed away. Well, you know what? You who murdered one of them, they come back as their child. Or one of them may come back as your child. Who knows? But this will all come back to you. It's called karma. It's called the process. So this is this is what we really have to understand is karma. Karma does everything. Karma. Let me show this in here. So in your previous life, if you lied and cheated on your, let's say your wife, okay, you treated her like dirt and then you murder her because you wanted her money well your next life you may come back as her son because you're you're being taught to love not to use a person right you may come back as as her son for you to learn to love her as as a as a son does right to, to love your mother which is a special type of love these things happen all the time, right? You will come back. Or, and then, so, and then let's say that um, a, a, a wife, right, kills her husband to get his money. Well, the husband may come back as her son because after all, she stole his money. Comes back as her son and then he ends up getting all the money. It's just, it, but again, but then they'll end up at least loving each other. But then the, the debit and credits of the of the wealth will be will be um, uh, equalized. So it's just you know these things are just there's that's why spiritualism is so interesting. Everything is explained. This is why when you go through life and you look like God, life's unfair because you see all these good people, bad things happen, and you see these bad people like they're just getting away with murder. Well, no, no one's getting away with anything. It may take a couple of lives to come full circle, 
but no one is getting away with anything. So the, the process is in your previous life, each life is recorded, everything in detail. Every thought you have goes out and it's recorded in this universal database. So high spirits analyze, they go, hmm, this is what this person did. And then let's say you, you go, now if you're a primitive spirit, no one talks to you about what your life's going to be. You're just assigned what your what, what your life's going to be like. But if you are mature enough and good enough, you've made some mistakes, and you go to some you know uh, post uh, in you know someplace in heaven or an outpost, the lower zone. But they, you're 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 trying to learn. They'll talk to you about okay, how to fashion your next life, and they'll go through and they will go. Now you need to work on this and this, and you work with them. But yeah. I need to do this. And what happens, and they'll have higher spirits help you plan out your life. Because many times, in fact, most of the times what they say, is you will try to make your life worse than it should be because you really want to pay your past debts as fast as possible. So your life then, you've, you, you help create, most of you probably listening to this, have created your own curriculum, right? Because you go to episode through episode. And then that's recorded and you die and you, and then your next life is, 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 is looked at. Okay, let's, here's a, so here is the question, which is a good question. Isn't it better not to get into relationships then? And that's an easy way out, right? I, I believe that that is an easy way out. I, I think that is, is like um you know having is you don't grow that way because if i have just been talking about the fact that we need to be in relationships so we understand others people's active and passive sides how they solve problems how to love them even though they are imperfect right if if jesus was like a modern marriage that you read about so many times that you know it's, you know where two people get married and they go oh i don't like the way they do this I'm getting a divorce, right? Just right away, right? There's just no, um, you know, there's just no long-term trying to work at things. Well, then you don't learn anything. Then you just waste each other's time. You don't grow. So the answer is, if you want zero risk, it's better not to get into a relationship, right? I, I understand that completely. But you have to accept some risk that, and if you get in a relationship that doesn't work, then you just have to act as honorably as possible to extract yourself because it could have been a mistake. So I do think we're here on earth to work with other people because now think, think of the future. As in the future, you're going to be a higher and higher spirit. And the spirit we're most looking at as an example is Jesus Christ. Now, if Jesus Christ in his previous lives never got into a relationship, how would he have handled everyone tugging at him and, and saying these stupid things to him all the time? But he was patient. He explained the same things over and over again. He talked in parables so they'd understand it. Even then, his disciples like, uh, well, how can he do that? Why, you know, why would you turn the other cheek? I mean, who could blame him at that, especially at that culture at the time? And But he was just you know loving all the time. Um, so... It, you just have to go through that learning experience. So it can be painful, but you know, a lot of time learning is painful, but you've accomplished something. So that's my answer. I hope that, I hope that helps. Okay, we'll get back. Uh, um, where, where was it? Yes. Thus, such, through such ruptures of the psychosomatic systems, harmonizing and exchanges of kindred magnetic charges, the realm of, oh, I said that already. Okay, oh, next paragraph. Hence, we must understand that sex resides in the mind and that it expresses itself in the spiritual body and consequently in the physical body as a creative sanctuary of our love in the presence of life. And in the light of the, that fact, no one can deharmonize its energies by scorning it without causing scorn and deharmonization for themselves. So here's another answer to the question is we must we must allow, allow ourselves to love and be loved. And 
it's risky and it can cause our self pain, but we learn through it. So I want to uh, thank everybody for being here today. And please remember that um, every Sunday and Tuesdays, most every, unless I can't make it, I do a live stream. Hit the bell. If you subscribe, you'll be notified of the live stream. And on, um, I will please, and like this was asked here by one of the person questions. If you have any questions, ask them. I will stop. I'll try to answer them as well as I can. So I would like to ask everyone if you are interested in spiritism and learning more about spiritism, I recommend you read The Spirit's Book, codified by Alan Kardec in the 1850s. And especially, uh, to actually before The Spirit's Book, you may want to read Spiritism 101, The Third Revelation. I wrote that very short book, less than 100 pages. It's on my website. It's on my website. It's a PDF. Yeah, of course, you can buy it in Kindle and paperback and Audible, but it's free. It's on my website, nwspiritism.com. Uh, Let me put that up here. Go there, and you can get download for free. Also, then, then you can go and read The Spirit's Book. I, I believe by just get, reading this introduction gives you a better overview of spiritism. Then this is the headwaters of spiritism. Of, by Alan Kardec. Also on my site, I do have, I do have um, uh, in audible form, the whole Spirit's book, all the chapters of the Spirit's book. And so you can either go on my YouTube site and down and look at my YouTubes, which I, is in the playlist, the Spirit's book, or on my blog, nwspiritism.com. You can download the MP3 files or an MP3 something file, which is like an audible format. We go to chapters and stop where you wanted to stop within the chapter and so forth. It's 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 broken into two files because the file is so big I could not it would not download to the, the site. But you can download that on my site. So you can look at it it's on the right hand navigation bar of my site. Anyway, so I want to say God bless everyone and have a good rest of the weekend. God bless.